What's up, ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Auto Business. It's Friday, it's noon. That means it's time for Cars on the Move uh, live, noon central time with Ty Thompson. And we have a special guest today. We also have Rich Levine with us, a special guest. But first time on ATI, let's just go ahead and do drum roll. Please do jump in the live chat and please do wish a very warm welcome to our friend Todd Caputo. Hey guys, how are you? Good to see you. Nice to meet y'all. Right. Great to see you. Thanks for jumping in, taking the time. Absolutely. Let's hand it right over to you. We're live. We can see you. We can hear you. Todd, please say hello and tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. So hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Todd Caputo, and I um, been in the car business literally since the womb, right, like we talked about. And um, I was fortunate enough to uh, get into the car business at a very young age and um, grow a Chevrolet business and grow a used car business. Um, really due to the hard work of uh, my, my mom and my dad and build a pretty successful business in upstate New York in the Syracuse, New York market. And uh, eventually I was able to sell uh, my dealerships to a publicly traded company. I sold my uh, used car stores and my Chevy store to Sonic Automotive. Sonic turned them into the used car stores in Echo Park and they acquired the Chevrolet dealership. And then I had a great experience working for a publicly traded company, working for them as a director for Echo Park for a year and a half. And um, after that, I decided to start a small consulting business. So I do consulting now for people in auto. I do it for dealers. I do it for vendors. I work with auctions. I work with um, banks, uh, and pretty much anybody to do with retail or wholesale automotive in, in any area. I work with them, and uh, I live and breathe the car business. I love it. I can't get away from it. So I'd rather be talking to you guys about cars on a Friday afternoon instead of being outside uh, playing golf. So it's great to meet you. Likewise. Awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Rich, we know Rich. Rich, tell us who you are again. I'm Rich Levine, uh, founder of Dignity Leadership. Been, I'm an auction guy. I'm auction Rich the guy. auction guy. That's so what I'm looking I was forward thinking. to hearing, Ty, or hearing Todd's input today on vehicle acquisition. And, and I don't have the rich history that you know Todd has. He was telling us earlier, um, eight cars and an Airstream, which is blew my mind you know where he started from to where he's at now so that's amazing it's good today we're going to talk about vehicle acquisition right constraints in vehicle acquisition is that right something along that line can that be. Works. i said can yeah. be because it, can, we, it can be whatever we want <clears throat> well uh, but, when todd's yeah, intro sorry. he started talking about banks and auctions I you can heard that too yeah auctions. so you know, guys, it's constantly in the headlines now. It, you don't stop hearing about the shortage of new cars and the shortage of used cars. And used cars are, you know, 35% more expensive than they were, um, you know, pre-COVID, right? Um, there was an oversupply of new and uh, a huge supply of, of used. And, you know, the world is upside down compared to how it used to be. And it's been a huge challenge for, um, for dealers. Uh, it's obviously been a huge challenge for people in the auto transport business as well because there's just not as many cars to haul, right? Um, and then couple that with the prices of the used cars going up and then with the interest rate increases we've seen over the last 12 months. Uh, it, it's been a very, very challenging environment, I can tell you that. And I've lived through a lot of them. I've lived through 9-11. Uh, I lived through 809. I lived through when gas hit four bucks for the first time and everybody freaked out. I've seen it all, but I've never, ever seen anything like this before. Uh, this is just unheard of. So when you say you lived through it, right, because somebody could say, well, I lived through it too. But when you say you lived through it, you mean 
Well, 9-11 is a good example. Um, I flew to Odessa, Boston to a GM factory sale that morning. And uh, I don't know if you guys know Odessa, Boston, but it's an old General Motors plant. I don't know if you've been there before or not, right? So it's an auction. It's partially inside, partially outside, and it's, it's in an old factory. And I'll never forget, I'm in the lane, and I'm looking over the office, and I see a bunch of people standing around a television. And, and I walk in there. I'm like, what's going on? And it's literally, it's the Twin Towers, right? And, and the auction's going on while this is actually happening. I'll never forget this. I bought a, a, an old Zolero, six-cylinder, four-door gold old Zolero because we had one sold to a customer that wanted that car specifically. I had a dealer plate on me, and I left, and I drove back. And I just remember the world going into chaos right after that. Used cars dropped in value 35%, 40%. Um, the world froze up, so I remember that. Um, and that was crazy. Uh, I don't travel anywhere without a dealer plate, just period. Ever since 9-11, I'll never, ever travel about a dealer plate because you never know what can happen. Uh, 08, 09, right? We all know what happened with the economy then, what happened with the value of used cars. And then $4 gas, right? The first time, SUVs, those big Ford excursions and big Escalades and Tahoes and Suburbans, they crashed. And then the four-cylinder cars, you know, skyrocketed. Priuses, you could had to buy a, a, a two-year-old Prius, cost more than a brand new one. So I've seen it, right? But I've never seen the support Fly shock to the system like we have um, with, with COVID. I've, I've, I've never seen it. I've never seen used cars appreciate 35, 40% higher than they were in 2019 and 2020. And it stayed there, right? Like this, the used car market's kind of done this, right? Up and down, up and down. But there hasn't been, has not gone back down a lot. And I don't think it's going to, which makes acquisition a, a huge challenge um, for car dealers, right? They got to have used cars. And, um, it's 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 hard. It's really hard to, to get cars. So in in part of your story, your background, I heard this was before the show, everybody. But before the show, we were talking about when did you start going to a physical auction? I started going to auctions when I was a little kid with my dad. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I was holding his hand, walking through the lane, 12 or 13 years old, sucking in fumes. Um, but, you know, when did I start going and buying cars on my own? You know, when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. I was in college. I was going to college full time, and I worked at the dealership too. But I started going to to, to auctions, you know, open auctions, and then closed GM factory auctions as well. Um, and that was, you know, that's a part of the business. It's all about acquisition. It doesn't matter what the industry is, and that's how I started to learn. Right, and you, and you had said, which I really got a lot of respect for this. You said I I found people that were smarter than me to do this particular job because you were you were. It sounds like you were really good at acquiring vehicles at auctions. I was blessed with having really great people. Um, great people were, you know, came to me and, and were, were, were given to me to work with me. And I let them really run most aspects of the business. And my focus along with another guy um, who unfortunately was my best friend, he passed away about a year ago. Him and I bought most, if not all the inventory. That's all we did, right? We bought all of our used cars and we ran a very profitable retail business. And we actually ran a pretty profitable wholesale business as well. So I lived and breathed at the auctions for years physically. Then when they went online, I would do online and physical both. Um, so, I mean, I can't even tell you how many hundreds of thousands of cars I've probably bought and sold. Uh, acquisition's the key. As the, as, so before 2020, in year 18, you know, your whole life, auctions, buying cars, then you buy online, we saw a pretty big shift 
before the shift, I, I wanted to see, did you have what you might call like a route where you would hit these certain auctions within a certain yeah. radius on a regular yeah. basis? So physical auctions, you know, um, I, I was in the, I was in the Northeast, right? So, yeah. um, you know, there was, there's Mannheim, Pennsylvania on Fridays. There was state line auto auction on Fridays. If I couldn't get to Mannheim, uh, Odessa, New Jersey for, for closed auctions, Odessa, Boston, um, you know, there's a local auction at Odessa, Syracuse. I used to go to Odessa, Buffalo. Um, you know, one of the best auctions in the country um, is in is a Southern Auto Auction in, in East Windsor, Connecticut. One of the nicest, finest, well-run independent auctions, literally in the country. I would go there on Wednesdays. So, I had a route. You know, it all depended, but it always depended on what they had for cars. You know, what consigners were running that week, and then you know, typically I would go with my buyer and we would work the sale together. Or we would split up and he would go to one place and I would go to the other. But, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort to buy cars at auctions. You've got to get online days before. you got to really study condition reports, you know, study the market and, and really know where you want to go and really what you want to pay. Uh, it's a lot of work. Okay. So in, in right. So now 2020 rolls around. We, we've got links and articles where there were certain people talking in 2019 about, man, if we could close the door to the auction today, we would be happy to do that. Maybe some big, big auction brand names. But anyway, 2020 rolls around. Hey, dealer. Hey, uh, Todd, you can't come into your auction anymore. Sorry, yeah, buddy. The auctions, they shut down. <laughs> yeah, they shut down. And then yeah, it was, it was, they shut down at first. So you couldn't, you know, when COVID hit, initially at the beginning um there was a liquidity problem for people in the car business you could not dispose of inventory period if you couldn't resell if you couldn't retail it you really couldn't wholesale it either unless you were selling it you know locally wholesale to another wholesaler because the auctions were the auctions were closed um you know one of the things i was able to do was i had built a relationship up and I kind of did a beta test with with Carvana at my dealership so i was able to you know I was selling cars on Carvana's um, platform. They called it Marketplace. So when I couldn't retail cars or necessarily wholesale cars, it, when, when everything was so illiquid at the beginning of COVID, I was able to actually do some business by you know, working with Carvana because they were selling the cars all across the country. And every state had their own rules. Even certain counties had their own rules with COVID. And to me, the, the biggest concern to me was always like, you got to turn cash, right? You, you got to have cash flow. So that was a way to do it. But then the auctions went to just postcard sales, right? And the, the auctions were closed. You couldn't go there. Then they opened them back up, but the lanes were closed completely. Then the auctions started to run cars through, but they weren't allowing people in, but you could actually see the cars. I remember, you know, they had fake auctioneers, like with fake computer voices trying to sell cars at, at these auctions. <laughs> I'm like, you know, this is just, even if it's a postcard sale, you want to hear a real auctioneer talking. And um, I remember it, like, like, it was yesterday. It was. It was only a few years ago. What? It was just crazy. Crazy, crazy. So, uh, oh, wow. what, what? One of the things that I that I recognized right away was you take a guy who has a route that you just described beautifully, and you tell him he can't go there anymore, and he figures out, oh, I can just buy cars online anywhere. So he starts. This is what I call the shotgun approach. You know. The price is right. The picture was right. The condition report was right. I can't go see it, so I'll just buy it. It's five states away. I'll throw it up on a load board. It'll get here. I mean, is, did you see that by chance? Yeah, so, I mean, I used to always 
you know, I would I would always describe it as, you know, I would want to play in multiple sandboxes. You know, I just didn't go to physical auctions. I would, you know, make bid lists on Smart Auction and ACV and Odessa and OVE and, and bid on those cars as well because sometimes the online market back in the day was different than the physical market and vice versa. And cars bring different money um, in different places. But, you know, transportation, again, right, when we talk about transportation, that was a huge challenge too. Um, a lot of guys didn't make it right through COVID. They just didn't. If their trucks weren't moving, they weren't making any money. And it wasn't just used cars. It was new cars too, right? There, was, there wasn't any new cars being built. So if you're someone in the transport business and your trucks aren't paid for, you don't own them for cash, and you got people you got to pay, a lot of transporters are not business. Yeah. Well, you, you want to hear a crazy stat that we just came across? If you're, if Todd, if you called me today and said, I've got a little money, I want to buy a truck and a trailer and be a car hauler. And I'm like, okay. Uh, right now, today, the average life expectancy of that, what I just described, is 1.72 years. And he's gone. I've got another guy, I'm waiting on his data, but he's saying six months. So either way, what you're saying, to, to tie it into what you're saying, these guys that went out of business. So I get these phone calls because of what Jay's built on this platform. Car hauler, I want to be a car hauler, call Ty. Well, what, what we see or what I see is guys get into this and they don't have any money saved up. And it, this is a really cash intensive business. So then you start disrupting the market with, well, there's one over here, one over there. And, you know, these guys are running around just chasing money. So it's fun to hear a dealer. I love to hear dealers talk about what they really, what really happened to them, because it really does match what I see, what we see in transportation. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, you know, when it came, when we talk about transporters, right? I was very for certain people that were in the transport business, even if um, they were a little bit more expensive, because I would always be at the auction. And when, when I was in the game, I was I was a big buyer. People knew who I was, and people were always approaching me at the auctions, no matter where I went. I just get on to Orlando a lot too, and buy cars in Orlando and ship them north. Um, oh, you know, what are you what are you paying for a load? Well, this is what I'm paying. Well, I'll do it for five hundred dollars less. But to me, I'm like, no, because I can do business with the transporter. He may go pick up two for me here that another guy doesn't want to get. Uh, I also know he's insured properly, right? Because a lot of these people that just want to, I hate to use this term, pour it out, right? But that's the only word I can use to describe it. They're not insured properly, or they say they're going to get their car to you and do it cheap, but you don't get your cars for a week or two. Um, I was just always a very, very loyal person. And there were certain people that I did business with uh, Wayne Scott was one of them. Uh, Wayne Scott's a great guy, and his son, Andy's still running the business to this day. Another guy named Wayne Miller, I used to do a lot of business with. I heard he just passed away. I had a lot of really close, tight relationships with with um, people in the transportation business. Um, I, I did. It was They're, they're a very important um, part of the ecosystem. And it isn't, and, and two, like you look at some of these, software platforms where you can post a car and then any transporter can pick it up. I think there's a danger in that. I really do for a dealer. Like you got to have a good relationship with people. You don't know who's getting your car, especially these days. You should hear some of the stories. Ooh, it's crazy. Okay. Well, as we're, as we're talking here, so we started out physical auction guy as a kid, 18, 19, 20s, just starts buying cars, turns that into basically a full-time job, hires people to do the other things, starts dabbling in the online buying cards. Uh, now, there's uh, during COVID, 
real big push for buying in the lane or the drive. Is that how, how, how do you say that? So buying, so buying it. So yeah. So shortage of used cars, you can't get cars at the auction. They're bringing too much money. So what does a dealer do? And this is what I, this is what I do when I work, I consult now. And this is what I help dealers with is, is acquisition of inventory. There's only a few ways to do it. You got to buy them from consumers, which is very, very challenging, especially if you're in a market where there's a CarMax or any other dealer. Every dealer's got a sign now. We buy cars out in front of the store, right? Um, there's the service lane, right? The service drive where people are coming in for service every single day. And then there's your database, right? There's your database. Who did you sell cars to in the past? Who's in equity? Uh, who can you get to either trade or, or, um, or just sell your car? Because a lot of people now, a lot of people working from home, they don't necessarily need that extra car in the family, so they'll sell it. So I work with dealers to, to, to find creative marketing to drive traffic into the showroom or online to buy their cars, you know, quote unquote, off the street. And then I work with dealers on process in the service drive and then process mining the database. And it's a lot of it's about compensation. It's a team sport in a car dealership. You can't just pay your salespeople to buy cars from consumers. You have to pay the, the kid in the wash bay that's washing cars. You have to pay the people in the accounting department, the title clerk, the mechanics. Um, you got to pay everybody, right? Because yeah. they could be driving home and see a car for sale on the side of the street. If they're going to get paid to acquire that car, they're going to stop, right? They're going to stop and maybe make um, contact with the person trying to sell the car. If they don't get paid, they're not going to do it. So I always say it's a team sport. You got to pay. You're like people. a skipper on a boat. True. Right. Wow. Well, okay. So now, as a consultant for dealerships, banks, yeah. and auctions, from the acquisition standpoint, <clears throat> I'm assuming I want to. I really want to hear the, the pitch. But it, to me, it's like okay, if you're going to acquire vehicles, the cars that are on your lot that are for sale, where did you get them? How did you get them? So that to me, if I'm following the story right, I can go to a physical auction now. I can buy online. And I can buy them out of the drive. We buy cars and pay top dollar. Which, by the way, Doug Haddon with ACV, he used <laughs> what you just said in his presentation at NIADA this last week. It was, he said, if you don't have on your front page of your dealership website, we buy cars and pay top dollar, you're missing it. And then he, I didn't know what a sandwich sign. Then he said, if you don't have a sandwich sign out front that says we buy cars and pay top dollar, you're missing it. Which I True. thought was crazy. Coming from a guy like Doug, but, but. it's got to just, it's, but it's got to be more than that, right? You know, marketing yeah. and advertising, you got to be creative, and then if you you got to have a, a way for a customer to actually get a value, right? And it may not be the exact value, but it might be a range, right? Your car's worth between seven thousand and eight thousand dollars based on the information that you put in, or if you want to upload photos of your car, we'll give you a, a, a firm offer, right? Because from a dealer's perspective. Those we'll call it leads, right? They they convert very very low. You know, if you if you get a hundred leads for someone that wants to trade or sell their car in, you might be lucky to get five or six cars out of a hundred right. because a lot of people are just fishing because they want to know what their car might be worth. But I find that the the people that actually upload a photo of their car and go through a process to do it and invest a little bit of time rather than just get an instant cash offer with a number. Um, probably want to get rid of their car. They either want to trade it or want to sell it. But, you know, that's a good point. You know, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. But, you know, during COVID, too, people watch the news, right? People watch CNN, they watch Fox. Used cars are worth more than ever. Dealers are going to pay a top dollar. So 
someone might have gone in just to see what their car's worth just because they think they can get more for it than they ever got for it before. But the problem was, and probably still is in some cases, not quite as much, is they don't have a car that the dealer doesn't have a car that they can sell them that they actually want, you know, because inventory was so short. So your car might be worth four grand more than you thought it was. But if you can't replace it, right, because there's no inventory, then you're filling out a form but there's and, and dealers calling you, but the dealers have anything to sell you. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely. I want to kind of shift just a little bit. This is why we have Rich here, because I want to start, <clears throat> as, as we're learning from you, which thank you, by the way, the dealers can acquire vehicles through a couple different ways. And there seems to be a lot of talk right now about the physical auctions, health or state or whatever it might be. And I'm, I would like for you and Rich to maybe do some back and forth as to where, where do you see the auction going, Todd? Does that make Sure. The yeah, physical so, auction, where do you see the physical auction headed, maybe in a year or five years? Uh, I think that there's always going to be a place for the physical auction. Um, everybody thought that the physical auction was going to get replaced. I, I don't see it. Um, you know, especially for older cars with higher miles, um, those are very, very difficult um, cars to buy. And most people that want to buy those cars that are dealers, they want to see them, they want to drive them, they want to smell them. Um, they want to check codes, and they have to look at the condition report. The biggest problem in the industry right now, in my opinion, is condition reports. There's no uniform standard, right, for condition reports. There's 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 four or five different standards, and condition reports are a mess. They've been a mess, and they're going to continue to be a mess. And the only way they're probably ever going to get fixed is AI probably at some point will fix it once it gets smart enough. When you don't have to rely on a human being to um, detect scratches and dents and it's all becomes uniform that'll help but i just i think that there's a place for both and i and and i think there always will be um i, I just do where rich Amazing. where you at buddy yeah <laughs> cr you're hitting you're hitting Mitch one of my favorite, 360. yeah one of my favorite conversations we talked about this a couple of weeks ago the problem is and you know where i'm going ty it's they're not consistent they're not accurate and they're not transparent and if you don't have these three things, you're not going to build up trust with your buyer. And Todd, you're, you're absolutely correct. There is not a standard to set that consistency, accuracy, and transparency. And until that problem's solved, possibly with AI, we're going to continue to have this. It's still going to want to, the buyer is still going to want to go to the auction, kick the tires, start it up, listen to the engine, uh, smell the interior. I mean, how many times have we heard that? They said, now there's AI technology that can tell you what kind of odors it is. Um, I think AI's got a place, and I think it's going to help, and it might streamline. It's never going to replace people. Um, but I think the physical auctions are still going to be there, but they've got to move things along to get into that AI space. You're going to have to embrace it, because if the physical auctions don't do it right now, somebody is going to come along and disrupt them and do it. So look at Netflix. You know, They walked into Blockbuster and said, hey, we got this new way of doing movies, and they're like, get out of here. Now look at where Blockbuster is. Somebody walks into the auction and says, hey, we got a better way to do CRs. And they say, get out of here. And five, 10 years from now, somebody's going to have an AI platform out that's going to nail yeah. the auto, the CR down. Well, you, you know, the, the physical auctions have already been disrupted by the ACVs of the world, the backlot cars of the world, um, and some of these other platforms. And now what you're seeing too is um, a lot of the vendors that do vehicle photography at dealerships and window stickers, for example, or dents and scratches that who provide all those services. They're trying to build networks of the dealers that they service 
so those dealers can trade cars with each other. Um, and it's such a huge, I mean, it's such a huge market, right? Like, I think that there's regionally, you're going to have people that are better than others at doing it, but the physical auctions will continue to get disrupted. But I think what you're going to find is um, the physical auctions are probably going to invest in technology, and some of them already are, to help with this condition report problem. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this product called UVI, U-V-E-Y-E, ever seen Oh, yeah. That? We so, talk about MRI for cars. Yeah. Jamie Carpenter. Yeah. So CarMax, CarMax um, I believe, made an investment, and they're also using them at their, at their locations where they have their own auctions yeah, for them. And I think there's going to be other, yeah, and there's going to be other companies that do the same thing. I think, right at the end of the day, those things are expensive, right? It's this big arc, and it's got all these cameras in it and all this software. This is the question, right? What's the yeah. investment, right? If it can, you can do it on this eventually with yeah. a phone. Um, and I think you will be able to do it with a phone, with AI. You um, already can. All right. Within a year, it'll be it kind of works, critical right? mass. Right. Works. Well, it depends right. on your phone, too. This is actually right. something we're learning. Yeah. Yep. It does. It depends on the phone. But at the end of the day, that will help. But, you know, condition reports cause a ton. Inaccurate condition reports cost a lot of money for everybody. It costs a dealer money. It costs the auction money. Um, and it costs transportation companies money because then they, who do you blame, right? You blame the transporter? <clears throat> All the time. The goes in to get the car, right? Well, there's damage on the car that wasn't on the CR, so okay, now we're going to blame the transporter now. And the transporter, transporter didn't, necessarily, didn't necessarily do it. So for the transportation industry, I think it's important that people have good software too to actually walk the car before they even put the key in it and load it on the truck. If they can find the key, which is a whole other problem, the transporters go to the sale, they can't find the keys. Or the cars what you, listen, Todd, what you just said, that we need to put that on the load board. Hey, it's not all about the metal on the trailer. Before you load that metal, watch this. It's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's yeah. intense. Yeah, that's and that's actually, I think, where we're headed. I mean, a really hey. sophisticated bill of lading... Um, with good software uh, that actually works is is huge, right? Um, and it's it's just not easy. Um, it's just that's what people don't understand about the used car business. It's there's so many moving parts and it's so complicated and it's so detail oriented in so many facets. And if you don't understand it, and you think you can just go into it and just and it's easy, you can make a lot of money. You're wrong, straight up. So and I want to say this too: the value of the BOL. Has yet to be completely uh, reverse engineered and discussed because uh, carriers know they got to do a BOL, but they just do it because they're told they need to. And whoever's booking the load, I don't think is fully tapped into you're actually performing a service and we see value in that and we're going to compensate you for it, a higher quality BOL means there's a better chance we'd rather work with you. That conversation doesn't even exist, I don't think. It should, because look at our, if you get a car that you bought at the auction that was had a 4.3 CR, and it shows up with all other kinds of damage on it, so what is that? That's phone calls, emails, text messages back and forth from the auction, photographs back and forth, then it's negotiation about, geez, how much does the auction kick you back? Or the auction says, I'll just take the car back. Then the car has to get sent back, right? There's time. And used cars, I don't care, they depreciate, right? Now they're not depreciating so much, but 
before COVID, we know how quickly used cars would depreciate. So um, every day a car sits, it costs everybody money. Um, and ultimately, time is money, which we all know. Hmm. And yeah, getting back to the cars are just thrown onto load boards anonymously. Nobody knows anybody. W what kind of service are you getting? You're not. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Todd, that reminds me, I don't, maybe after the show we can connect again, but there's a company I'd love for you to meet that uh, Super Dispatch, those guys, they've got a load board and a super pay thing for some, maybe some of your clients to help manage that inventory that they're buying online. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Uh, but anyway, sorry, that was a side note. But uh, yeah, back, but no, Super Dispatch, we do. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll tell you more later. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, I never heard. More later about them. They're, uh, they do a pretty decent job in the transportation arena from the standpoint of the technology and the marketplace, vetted carriers, blah, blah, blah. So, and the controller, you know, I learned today, you, Todd, you probably know about this. If the controller's not happy, nobody's happy. Right. Is that true? Oh, yeah. 1%. <laughs> That's right. Well, and does the controller like writing a bunch of checks to a bunch of transport guys? Right now. They're doing it right now. <laughs> well, Running today, to the bank. Look, Todd's in the retail business. So look at the calendar. What is today? It's the last day of the month. What is every single dealer doing right now? Delivering cars as fast as he or she can. Yeah. They got Delivering. the controller running too, trying to get the, they want to hit their numbers for their book. Correct. The whole yeah. place is humming right now. It's 1230. Right. Three. We better hurry up and head to the lot, guys. Right, everyone's like, and skip and lunch. This is, and it's Fourth of July weekend. Everybody wants to go home. For right. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> well, the uh, it is it is awesome to hear your story and very very interesting. And I think, you know, leaving off here right around the CR condition report. I don't know if you guys, Jay, do you have anything else? No, actually, this is is perfect. It's twelve thirty. Yeah. And this was a solid thirty minutes. Um, of great content and yeah. the, you always want to end on a high note right yeah so i think perfect. we did it todd we have, killed it we could have gone for another couple hours if we wanted to i think we just scratched the surface you guys i agree oh, so maybe we need maybe to have can... todd caputo back on do ati it. this was well, todd, let's do that. tell everybody your your consulting firm company and, yeah so uh, it's um todd, it caputo, todd caputo consulting is, is my website dot com um, Pretty easy to find, and all the information about me is there. You can contact me, and um, you know, regardless of what part of the auto industry that you're in, I, I can probably uh, help you in some way, shape, or form. I'm, I'm sure, and I appreciate. We're clear. Yeah, Tell me about I, your I, I had a good time talking with you guys. Oh, um, hey, Rich wants to hear about your shirt for a I, minute. I went on your website yeah. today. Tell us about that. So you know, it says fear mediocrity, and I, I think that um, you know a lot of mediocrity has crept into not just the car business, but to other industries as well, uh, really due to COVID. Um, people have just gotten, I don't want to say lazy, but uh, just felt like it's just okay to be mediocre because every car that comes off the truck new is probably already pre-sold and it's already sold for sticker or better. And we don't need to really chase leads the way that we should. And we don't need to pay attention to detail. As, as much as we should. We don't need to clean our cars as much as we should or as much as we need to. So that's changing now, right? Um, because the industry's starting to have more supply, grosses are starting to go down. And um, I, it just in the car business is one thing, but in general, customer service, I think kind of went by the wayside a little bit during COVID, you know, and I know we got to end this, but just remember 
just a couple of years ago, the only thing you could do if you wanted to eat was get takeout, right? Because restaurants were not open. People forgot customer service. Curbside pickup at Best Buy, curbside pickup at Walmart. You didn't have to walk in and interact and talk to somebody and have somebody actually help you and answer questions because human interaction was literally shut off for like a year and a half. I think people have forgotten that. So um, that's my, you know, I guess that's my slogan, right? For my business is fear mediocrity because if you think that it's okay to be mediocre, you're gonna get you're gonna get swallowed up, not just in your professional life but in your personal life as well. Okay, so I got I just I envisioned your ad campaign, take it or leave it. Uh, the uh, it's called molasses people. So That's everyone great. is made of molasses. They answer the phone, they deliver yep. their car, right? They're washing, and then here comes fear mediocrity. To you, you, uh, can, you can figure it out pretty quick when dealers call me or other people in the industry call me. The first thing I do is we do a mystery shop, right? Mystery shop your business. And when you mystery shop your business, no matter what it is, you're going to find out where you've got uh, some mediocrity for sure. Ooh, mystery shopping, mystery shopping the medi the molasses people is part two. I love it, man. I love talking about this stuff, just coming up with ideas and sharing stuff. This has been such a great show. So, uh, yeah. Todd, we thank really you, Todd. appreciate you and your time yeah. and your contribution. Hey, thanks for thanks for doing what you're doing. It's 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 great um, that you thank do you. this. And you know, I know that your your audience is more people than in transport, right? And let me tell you something. I've nice. met some of the yeah. nicest people and hardest working people um, in the transport business. Ever. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth, yeah. hardest working people, literally at the same auctions every week, months, years, decades, hauling cars. Um, and I, you know, one of my best friends, um, and he was a good friend in the, in the business, his name was Jeff Rotella. He got killed, right? He got killed. Um, and I'm sure you probably all know someone that got killed doing what they're doing in this end of the business. Mm. It's a dangerous business. It is. Dangerous. It really is. Hauling cars is not easy. Um, the margins aren't great, and it's a dangerous business. And I think it's a labor of love. So, you know, all the people that are in your party of the industry, you know, thanks for what you do. I mean that sincerely. Wow, that is cool. So wow. cool coming from a dealer. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Todd. And Rich, Rich thank, thank you, you for too. joining us. Awesome. Yeah, that was great being here. I learned today. I'm here to yeah, learn. Thank man. you. Every day. That's what we're here for. All right. If you need Thanks, anything, everybody. Call at me. Thanks, yeah. Jay. Thanks, call or text time, 417-483-2764. ToddCaputoConsulting.com. Rich, thank you so much. Dignity Leadership. Thanks, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye -bye. Thanks very much. And I'll end the meeting there. That's right. It is just, it's ad hoc, right? It's a flexible channel. It's ATI Auto Business. And I realize, you know, most people are busy right now, getting ready for the 4th. Uh, finishing up the last day of the month. We understand Q Q3 is right around the corner. So if you watch this later or listen to the podcast or just catch us on the next one, we appreciate all of that. I think why are dealers... <clears throat> Let me get this right. Why dealers struggle? Why car dealers struggle to acquire used car inventory at auto auctions? I think that's the new title of this show. Plus, we talked about Condition Reports, which we'll hit again on Condition Reports 360. Tuesday night show is just the 4th of July. Hello. We know that really next week doesn't get started until near the end of the week. We'll be back on Thursday with Dispatching Live and again on Friday. Oh, Friday? We've got Joe Overby, Nick Zulovich of Cherokee Media joining us. So please stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in to ATI Auto Business. Thanks for the likes, shares, comments, and subscribes. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend and uh, stay safe. And we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody.